On Fairway Roland, Joe House and Nathan Hubbard are joined by a rotating cast of Ringer and Golf World personalities to break down the latest in golf headlines and news. They also delve into the world of golf gambling. Check out Fairway Roland on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, just a little disclaimer. We recorded this conversation Wednesday afternoon before Francisco Lindor had signed. Obviously, now things have changed a little bit with his negotiations, but just keep that in mind when you hear our perspective on it. What's up, everybody? We back. R2C2, another week, special week, man. Opening day, opening day. Baseball is here, bro. That's right, man. Little opening day uh, preview episode of R2C2. With you rocking, that is a beautiful Raiders hoodie. Oh, thank you. You know what's, what's crazy is that um, it was like I was, it was sitting, um, I got like a couch in my closet and it was sitting there to be thrown out because it was like too small. For years, <laughs> uh, Peter Schrager gave me this when I was on really? the first. Yeah, the first time I was on uh, Good Morning Football, and I couldn't fit it. But it's so sick that I just kept it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and I was like, man, let me try this on. Maybe I can fit this now, and it fits. So Peter I, I knew. Saved, I saved it from the garbage today. <laughs> Peter knew the body you were going to get into eventually. He was just <laughs> he prepping you, dude. Well, just for the audience too, who's not watching, which you can watch our episodes on the Ringers YouTube page. YouTube. Yep. But um, it, it's a, it's like a, um, almost like a Hall of Fame gold mm-hmm. with a, with a camouflage hood and a Raiders like, logo in the center. Don't they do like the the military uh, appreciation month or something? Oh, maybe where it's they that. Wear this yeah. Stuff? yeah, this, maybe is, this it's that. is one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. it's that, man. By the way, dude, I'm here in uh San Antonio. Yeah, I've, how is it? Dude, it calling these tournament games for the women has been incredible. This is this is one of the coolest events I have ever been a part of. My my voice is tired as hell, which is why I'm I may sure. seem a little low it, energy today. Is, but, it, uh, is it like a bubble they got situation they got going on down there? For the teams, yes. For the teams that are tier one, yes. For us, no. We're tier three. So we have certain testing protocols and we also have um we have certain like restrictions just within ESPN and Disney policy. Mm-hmm. The craziest thing is I got down here and found out we were gonna have to call the game in masks because of how we're sitting courtside for the games like we're like we're, we're removed off the court compared to what we would be previously but we're like 10 feet off the floor and i was like uh my voice is gonna die and the sound you're gonna be, be screaming yeah but i will say we're using these um Shima, I'll hold one up. These Shima masks you see a lot of the coaches wearing now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. At Shima 97. I think they were invented in Korea and they Korea and they have this like nanofabric technology so that they're still incredibly protective, but they don't affect the sound. There's almost oh, wow. no decibel difference. So I have to say, calling the games in them, thank God. Shout out to Pat Lowry, our coordinating producer who got them approved for this, because I actually have been able to do it. Like without like the strain I feel in my voice. It's just because I've had to do six high-intensity games in four days. It's not because mm-hmm. of the masks, you know? Because otherwise, oh, man. Yeah, you'd be screaming for six mm. straight games, you know what I mean? Crazy. Dude, we've gotten great ratings for these games, too, man. Like, UConn-Iowa, um, UConn-Baylor. I, I feel like the tournament, both men's and women's, is getting a lot of viewership. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's it's weird. It's, 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 did they change the format a little bit? Are they playing like on different days? Because normally, they, little. You know, right? Normally they don't play on the Tuesday. Yeah, they did. They changed the days a little bit this year. Also, like the single site, you know, is different. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain things that are definitely different for sure. You know, and for, in our case, we had games on ABC for the very first time. We yeah, had never had, an, yeah, we had never had NCAA tournament games on ABC. Um, and uh, did a huge number for uh, Paige Beckers against Caitlin Clark, you know, comparatively. Uh, Yo, I'm, the, I'm really UConn, digging Iowa. Paige. I'm really digging Paige Beckers' uh, relationship with Jalen Suggs. Isn't like, that awesome? Like, you hear about that, right? That's yeah. it. And yeah, Little man. C, Little C was trying to explain to me. Obviously, he knows all of that shit because he's younger and he's cooler and he's into that stuff. But, like, he was trying to explain to me, like, Dad, like, no, you don't understand. Like, the two best players in the country, men's and women, went to the same high school. Like, and they're, they're friends, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. Shit happens all the time. But, like, to see it now playing out on the biggest stage and, like, they're both in the Final Four is set. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I, I, I know. I get a kick out of it, too, man. I, um, I think, actually, Holly Rowe, my outstanding uh, sideline reporter for our games, I'm pretty sure she's going to do a story for us in the Final Four uh, on Paige and Jalen. For our uh, for our UConn game at uh, I think our game's at nine thirty on Friday night, the second game. Um, Bro, so yeah, she's doing a cool story with both of them. And to have a friend like that's a female athlete, like female athletes are, are are way more mentally stronger than than male athletes. Guys. <laughs> I, I don't know why for whatever reason, but they are. So like, yeah. if you can be, get close with a female athlete and get their perspective on things, like that should have just opened up everything for you. Seriously. Yeah, I love that perspective, man. I mean, I I agree. Somebody was saying the other day, um, it was funny, Paige, Paige's uh, post-game interview, it was amazing because she connected, like, Justin Bieber to God. It was hilarious. It was amazing. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but, yeah, man, it's been, it's been great doing this event. And it's a great time for sports, man. We got, we got the, uh, you know, we got the the baseball season starting tomorrow, man. Can you believe this that it's here already? Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. Um, it's 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 been crazy. Uh, you know, the spring training and you know getting ready for the season and and just watching how everything's starting to play out. But you know, having fans back in the stands and um, you know, it getting back to like being some kind of normalcy of a baseball season is a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's it's uh, I'm super excited for opening day tomorrow. Yeah, you know what's interesting too, like. Perspective is everything, right? You, I think I went on some long ass rant about the uh, if you win ten games in a row, or if you lose ten games in a row, but if your record is sixteen and sixteen, you're still sixteen and sixteen, right? It's just like the mental strength last time. I, I didn't articulate it well at all. Anyway, not not to not to break me down further on that, but I, I think about that with the fans. Like in a normal year, if you had a twenty percent crowd, you would be like, oh. This is awful. Like, nobody's in the building. But now, Yankee Stadium being 20%, those 10,000 fans are going to feel like 50,000 after last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, after playing in front of nobody, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, just just getting anybody um, in the stands, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, the last last two weeks ago, I was at uh, a couple of the NBA games um, here, you know, the Knicks and the Nets. And just being back, you could tell the, the guys were just excited to hear the noise and to hear the uh, the fans back, you know what I mean? And not fake pumped in crowd noise. So, yeah. you know, just to have that human emotion back, I think, I think you know, lifts the players up for sure. Yeah, and there's something also, you know, I think that coincides as well with, 
the vaccine rollout and mm-hmm. feeling optimistic about the summer and where we're going. I was about going. to say, the summer's coming up. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There's something about it that's just beautiful. It really is. We didn't, you know, we didn't have that feeling with opening day last year. There's always something special about an opening day, tuning in to an afternoon game. You know, I mean, it just it feels like the start of spring. There's something very, there's something, you know, very emotional about it that we didn't get to experience last year. Yeah, for sure. And then I felt like I got robbed as a fan last year. You know what I'm saying? Like last year was supposed to be my first like fan experience, you know, uh, in baseball and didn't get a chance to do that. So I'm looking forward just to going to games, sitting at Legends, you know, going to City Field when guys come in town. I'm going to drive down to Baltimore when the guys come in town. So um, yeah, man, I've been texting everybody around the league. I'm I'm super, super <laughs> excited about baseball season. And the whole time when I was playing, I, I would tell you, I'm never going to watch baseball once I retire. Yeah, yeah. And now that's literally all I do. I was sitting up last night watching fucking college baseball, like ESPN Plus, just on my TV watching college baseball. So I was watching, I was watching Stetson and USF last night. Um, uh, Lil C's buddy's older brother plays on Stetson. His name is Brandon Hilton. He's the first baseman, so I always like to watch his games. I try to catch Jaden Hilden when he's pitching uh, for LSU. Um, So, yeah, it's fun. That is kind of like always my perspective on sports and how you get people invested, right? Like, you're either interested in the action, and that that catches you, right? Like football, Mm -hmm. the action, boom, it's enough. Or you're interested in the storylines. You have some sort of rooting interest, and, and it's, you know, it's what... It's what NBC always did with the Olympics to make people care about curling, you know, or 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 you know, speed skating or whatever. And and it's what sports like baseball, where the action is not enough to sustain itself. I think it's important to have connections, right? You're watching those games because you feel a connection to certain players. Now, in this case, it's you know, familial connections, but the principles remain the same. If I tell you a story that makes you care about a player, all of a sudden, you're more invested in watching what they do. Just like you wouldn't watch two random schmoes play chess, but you sure as hell would watch your daughter play chess. It's the same sort of theory. And so it's how do you make people feel connected to the characters involved? And I think that's one of the things we try and do on our podcast, right? Like all of these baseball players who we talk to, they have these stories and these personalities that are really easy to connect with and make you want to root for them, make you want to watch them. Yeah, it's just humanizing the guys, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. when you watch them on TV, they turn into this, you know, this Yankee, this superhero, this guy that, you know, is supposed to do these incredible things. But nah, bro, we human, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And we deal with mental things, stuff going on in our family, different things like that. So, yeah, to bring guys on the podcast and be able to let them express themselves in in, in their own way and, you know, be themselves. I mean, I think that's what it's all about. And I think the game needs more of that, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's whether it's Mike's on the field. Like, hearing Anthony Rizzo at first base is hilarious, cuz. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's mm-hmm. mic'd up during the game. He's hilarious. Todd Frazier, hilarious. Aaron Hicks, hilarious. So, like, just connecting with, with, with players and personally um, is what I want to see more in baseball, for sure. Do you think that players would be open to that? Do they understand the vital role it, it plays in promoting the game? I think... I think they see it. And and I, mm-hmm. and I and I honestly think this new generation um because they grew up with social media, it doesn't intimidate them to put themselves out there mm-hmm. like my generation. You know what I'm saying? Or the generation that's kind of playing now where they're kind of in between. A few of them will put themselves out there, 
and then other guys won't even post anything. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I think these guys that are coming, though, that are coming up, even just a guy like Blake Snell posting bump day on the day that the day that he's pitching. Most starting mm -hmm. pitchers won't do that. You know what mm -hmm, I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. you don't know how the game's going to turn out, blah, 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 whatever. So just even doing that is a big step towards, you know, guys putting themselves out there and, and being more personal to fans. So uh, we just have to wait and see how it goes. But I think this generation that's growing up with the Instagrams and the Twitters and, you know, all these different things on their phone are, are, be, are more likely to, to, be, to put themselves out there. So, see, how's the, uh, how's the work on the deck going? I hear the drilling. Can you happening. hear it? Yeah, it's bad, man. <laughs> it's crazy right now. Um, is it going to be sick though? It's going to be sick. I'm excited for it. But yeah. it's this is like from eight to five every day. Really? That <laughs> yeah. is hilarious, so man. So it should be it should be done by the summer. But yeah, it's crazy. They they're literally right here right now. Uh, CC having a little work done on his house, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So you know, Bobby, that's I have right. to try to try to drain that out. <laughs> hey, it just means that you're going to stay in the tri-state area a little bit longer. So that's a win as far or as I'm concerned. Or it just means that we're getting ready to, to sell this house. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. One or the other. Oh yeah. my gosh. See, so we're going to do uh, some fun little uh, like quick hit questions uh, in a little bit to get us prepared for opening day. But as we get started, what are, let's go Yankees first. Mm -hmm. What are the biggest storylines or the biggest things you're focusing on when it comes to the Yankees and looking ahead to opening day? I think the only storyline in Yankee land is health. Literally, that's it. Like, everything else is good with them. It's just if they can stay healthy, whether that's Jamison Tyon or, you know, Corey Kluber, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, all of these guys need to stay healthy for, for a full 162 because um, that hasn't happened, you no. know what I'm saying, like, since 2017. So, um, you know, all these guys stay healthy. I think, you know, they, they'll have a good chance of, of being there at the end in the American League for sure. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I am most looking forward to is seeing a season of Judge and Stanton healthy. You know, like, let me, let me see those guys healthy together and what kind of damage they can both do. Now, I yeah, say man. that knowing... The bigger key for the team is probably the health of the starting rotation, right? Like getting Tyone, getting Cooper it, healthy. It's all of it, bro. Together, yeah. it's both yeah. of them. I, I I hear what you're saying. It is. But but at least with the offense, right, you can't go through the whole season without Judge and Stan. But with the offense, there's so much there, and they've found a way. We have multiple seasons of them finding a way to pick up the slack. I I guess I have bigger questions about the health of the pitching, but from a fan standpoint, I just I want to see what kind of damage Judge and Stanton can do if they're both healthy for a full season. That's what I want to see. Bro, I mean, we're talking about 50 home runs apiece and, you know, maybe 300 RBIs combined. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, right. if they can stay healthy. So, like, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it has to be all of it because it's it just, it just that we, we haven't operated at full power, bro, ever with, 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 with Judge and Stanton and, and Gary. like. There's always been something off. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So we've never really been been able to operate at full power. Like, I just want to, like you said, just see, even if it's just for a month, I just want to see what it can be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so just to have the Yankees operating on, on full power, I think is is the biggest storyline, man. And, and they're already down one because Luke's hurt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, we're already starting off on a bad foot. But but I uh, think the biggest storyline and the only storyline in Yankee land, I don't think there's any other team Besides the White Sox, that's why I said at the end, besides the White Sox, 
that is that are as good as them in the American League. Period. Mm-hmm. Nobody. You really like the White Sox, though. I really do, man. I, I like. I really like Tim Anderson. I, I love Abreu. Um, you know, I just I think they're gonna bang because like that lineup is just primed and ready to just fucking score a lot of runs. So um, I think if they could, if Lance Lynn could get him some good innings, Giolito, obviously we know he's good. They got Liam Hendricks on the back end now. Bro, that's that's a really good team on the south side of Chicago. Could they be the American League version of the Padres? Yes, they can. But I don't think they'll play the game like that. I don't think they'll run and, and do all those different things. I think they'll, you know, I think they'll just try to bang. You know what I'm saying? I, I think they're just going to try to bang their way through the American League. I think the Padres are going to be all over the bases. I think, You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's going to be insane. I mean, obviously, it was a clip of, of Tatis the other day where he walked. It was a ground ball. It, he walked, stole second. It was a ground ball to second. He got to third. And somebody hit a pop-up because to short left field, this motherfucker tagged up wow. from third. And wow. I mean, literally, the shortstop caught the ball. He tagged up and scored. So, like, I don't think anybody's going to be able to match the athleticism that the Padres have because. I, I almost, like, I wish they were playing on East Coast time, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I'm going to have to, every time the Padres are at Central Time Zone or East, I'm going to have to, like, mark it down so I can watch them, man. Yeah, they're they going to ruin some mornings, bro, because you're going to have to stay <laughs> up and watch them a couple nights because they are so good. That's just like when I when I played, I would come home all the time and watch the West Coast game. So it would always mm-hmm. be the Dodgers, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, just those nights that you go to a game, you can stay up and, and, and watch the, you know, the, the, the Padres on the West Coast. I like having a team like that, too. You know, mm-hmm. like a team that's going to feel like a national team mm-hmm. for all of us to be interested and intrigued by. Like those matchups with the Dodgers, to me, you don't have to be a Dodger fan or a Padre fan now to be interested in them. No, I mean, that's just you, just baseball. If you love baseball, if you love old school baseball, athleticism, um, power, hit and running, throw, I mean, that, that that's what the Dodgers and the Padres are going to bring this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no doubt, man. Yo, did, um, you see, uh, did you see David Price starting in the bullpen? No, he yeah, is? They, yeah, so they, they named Dustin May the fifth starter, which he's disgusting. But they put Price in the bullpen, man, which is which is crazy. But he volunteered to st- to do whatever they needed. Obviously, he's a great teammate. People know that. But it's just weird, like going to see him trotting out of the bullpen, you know, to start the season, you know, was, not in a not in a playoff situation. What's funny is, man, we've seen him be so filthy in the bullpen. Remember yeah, that, when that he first, first came run up? with the yeah, Rays? Oh my yeah. gosh, when they went to the World Series? Yeah, he, he was, was disgusting, ridiculous. He was kind of like what what Phil Hughes was for us in in yeah. two thousand and nine. Exactly, man. Exactly. And and then, uh, you know, he did that for the Dodgers uh, some for the a couple years for the Red Sox, excuse me, a couple years ago against the Dodgers in the World yeah. Series, you know? Yeah. Where he should have been the MVP. He should have been the MVP of that World should, Series. For he sure. should have been the World Series MVP. Who won it? Who won it? Uh, the one MVP? of the. Was, uh, was, it, was it Mookie? One of their hitters. No. Steve uh, Pierce. Steve Pierce. Steve the Stranger. Yes, Steve Pierce won it. Yes, yes. Bro, that guy used to light me up because I could never get that dude out. Oh, no. He he owned you? He he killed lefties, guys. Oh, man. I do remember he was a left-handed killer. He was with the Rays for a while before he went to Boston, right? He played everywhere in the American League East, bro. Oh, yeah, he played Baltimore, too. Yeah. Everywhere. Was he with the Yankees for a hot minute or something? Yeah, he was with us. Yeah. He was with us, yeah. Yeah. He might have had a walk-off with us, cuz, or something. Like, I know he had a big moment with us. Something like that? Oh, my gosh, man. You know, one thing I do think, like, 
with the Yankees, you Stanton this spring was ridiculous. He like, was watch, watching Stanton. He was absurd. Every every ball he's hitting is one twelve off the bat. Does and that make you nervous though? What like he used up the good ones? Yeah, in spring? I, I hate know. that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> like Judge hit his first home run the last game. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, shit was 900 yeah. feet. Like, we ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't waste these shits don't right now. Don't use it all. Don't use it all. <laughs> no, you know what? Like, I'm okay with it because I, I'm all right with it because I, I, I think for him, it's good to go in with that frame of mind building off of October last year when he was yeah. so good. Yeah. And one thing I always think about, like, I remember having this conversation with Aaron Boone two years ago, and he said, with John Carlo, I think it was Stan's second year, and he was like, I've always thought the longer he's in the league, the more success he's going to have. Like, he's a guy who I think needs to kind of like pitching. see the pitching. Yeah. And like you and I know, Stanton is fanatical about his video work and preparation. And this dude, he is like, this isn't someone who just gets up there and is all muscle trying to just like, you know, pat. no, he is like a really strategic hitter. And I don't know if our audience would know that because, you know, he has those at-bats where he can look overwhelmed, where he's chasing, and because he just has this natural power. But Stanton is an incredible student, and I think he has been primed to benefit from that preparation, and health hasn't allowed him to. But we saw him benefit from it then in the playoffs last year when he finally was healthy. He's done some things with Eric Cressy. You know, we'll see if he earns his money, keeps this team healthier this year. Like, I mean, that's his job, right? This team has had a million injuries, and that's what he's here for. So if he can help keep Stanton healthy, then we could see that preparation. I see you laughing because, like, hey, well, that's <laughs> a lot of pressure to put on a strength guy. It's a lot of pressure to put on a strength guy. I know. I know. Well, but you know what? This is what I think. Look, injuries are going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. No doubt. But you shouldn't have... You know, if you have 15 soft muscle, soft tissue injuries on the same team, something's wrong. You're doing something wrong there. You are. Mm -hmm. You're doing something wrong. And so I'm glad that the Yankees did something to fix it. Um, I've seen with the Nets firsthand how there can be incredible benefits within the growth of players from investing in your performance team. Mm -hmm. You're still going to have injuries. They still will happen. But, like, there are real benefits to it. So I hope the Yankees reap the benefits. But, see, I say all of that to say I'm really excited to see Stanton, if he is healthier this year and he's done some things to try and change up his routine to be healthier, right? What he could do after the October he had and after the spring he's had. Yeah, you're completely right, man, about him being in the league longer. Completely. I mean, he needs to see the pitching. He needs to see how guys are going to pitch him. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they're going to throw him in, he needs to be comfortable with that. He Like, mm -hmm. he needs to see the guys a couple times. Um, and you're right. He's incredibly... Uh, studious uh, mm -hmm. on, you know, how how guys are going to throw him and, and what he's looking for. So that's why sometimes you can see him look really bad on pitches because he's looking for something. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or he's sitting on something and just happens to fucking swing. Even just like when he hit Tanaka in the head with that line drive last year during the during spring training or the the um the second, the spring training 2.0. Like if you watch that, he wasn't going to swing at that pitch because he waited to the last second and then just kind of like flicked his bat and hit a piss rod right back at at, <laughs> at, uh, at Masa. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, he waits so late. Like, it's it, it's weird, man. Like, the way he hits. But if he can get his timing down and he knows 
he's confident and 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 is that and is uh, filling at the plate. Like you said, I mean, I forgot about October. He was locked in October, so that makes me feel a little better about the spring that he was locked in in October. So now he can roll into spring, and he starts hot. He always gets off to really good starts, but then sometimes he gets hurt. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I think it'd be good for him to start hot. Yeah, man, I'm excited because like watching those at bats in October last year was fun, man. Like it was just ridiculous watching him do his thing. Like it, I think he even surprised himself a couple times because he hit that ball to center field. He was like, "Damn." You know what I'm saying? He hit that one. I don't even think he knew where that shit was going. Like, yeah, man. It was just locked, bro. Just barreling shit. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, just health, man. Health, hey, health, health. With everybody. Will, will we catch a game as fans in the stands together this season at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, if you're not busy. I'm going to Yankee Stadium a lot, bro. All right. <laughs> but, you're, but you're going in an official capacity usually, no? Uh-uh. I'm going as a fan. Okay. Like, I'm going Sunday as a fan. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, we got to catch a game then at some yeah, point. Sure. We could rock new R2C2 we can go, hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 we can go to City Field too, cuz. Yeah. I would like that. Yeah. We got to like go, go see Dylan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We'll make the camera show us. We'll, we'll put up a little QR code to make people subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. And I know Yankee fans are going to hate this, but I had to order the black Dylan, Bat- the B- Dylan Batantis jersey because <laughs> that shit is fire. <laughs> Fire. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I know I'm going to get a lot of slander on my Instagram when I put that shit up, but fuck it. That's my little brother, bro. I had to get the jersey. Uh, I, dude, I miss Stellan. He's such a uh-huh. good dude. Yeah, I FaceTimed him yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope he has and, a great... How's he doing? He's good, but like that, like you just said, like I just be like, man, I miss D. Like, I just like yeah. randomly, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I hit him he, up every now and again. People used to always ask me, like, who's the, who's the nicest guy on the team? And I would always say Dellen. By far. Like, like yeah. he's just a nice human. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, yes. To yes. everyone, all the yes. time. Like, it's crazy. A hundred percent. It's funny how, like, you know, you never know what the perception is, you know, like, of who's the nicest guy. Because we see 162 games, and I, I think people do get some idea of personalities, and, and there is some truth in it. But, you know, sometimes somebody presents nicely, and they're not, and sometimes the opposite <laughs> way. For sure. Uh, uh, but you know who's a great guy and that just got in that clubhouse is Jay Bruce. Good. Jay, I'm glad Bruce, to hear that, man. Good. Jay Bruce is good people, guys, like for good. real. So, like, good. I was happy that he made the team. Well, I, I've enjoyed just listening to his interviews and stuff. I've been like, okay, yeah. You know, like, he... He's, he's a pro, guys. Like, like yeah, he's he, been there. You know what I'm saying? He seemed like around. a good dude to me. Yeah. And, and, I, and I always want to go with guys that have been around and been there and been in the playoffs, especially... When you're talking about the Bronx, you know what I'm saying? When you're talking about what we're trying to put together, you got to have guys that's been in the fight before. Yes. um, Yes. Because that's that's where we're headed. You know what I'm saying? Every year. So we thought maybe to help preview opening day, we could do some fun little quick hit questions, some over-unders, some what's more likelies. And for that, we thought we should bring in producer Bobby Wagner, who's as big a baseball fan as there is. I wonder if, Bobby, have you gotten yourself as a Mets fan the 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 black Dellen Batances jersey yet? I did not order the black Dellen Batances jersey. <laughs> However, I I do have my Lindor jersey draped over the back of the chair for the good luck on the extension. So I'm hoping. Oh, nice, nice man. Is, nice. is that is that an Indians jersey? No, 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 no. This is a Mets oh, jersey. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you already got your Mets Lindor jersey. Might just be my yeah. backlighting. You know, I'm not used to being on video. See. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, shoot. Is that the first thing we should hit? Actually, and Bobby, you could be a part of the conversation. The Lindor extension. So Francisco Lindor is going to be on the podcast on Friday. He's going to be on R2C2. 
um, uh, which will be amazing. Uh, I likely am not going to be able to be a part of the conversation because of the women's final four, but C is going to hold it down with John Jastrzemski, who is a new addition to The Ringer and who New York audience is very familiar with. He was an outstanding host of WFAN, and he's awesome. So if I can't make it, John will do it. We'll see. But C, uh, that's going to be I, I, that's going to be an amazing pod. Uh, you know what, Bobby? Let's let you give your opinion. What's your thoughts on the Lindor extension as a Mets fan? Let's let you hit this first, and C and I will react. Get it done. Get it done. It's just money. It's all over ten years. Like, why are we haggling back and forth? This is the price you pay by coming in saying you're the richest owner in baseball. You got guys asking you for more money in the in the biggest market in baseball. I just say get it done. I mean, I don't know what the expected you know, value of the contract is based on what his production would be on the back half. But you've seen the model with Mookie. They they laid the pathway for it. So just just get it done. This is your version of Mookie. And if you really want to be model your franchise after the Dodgers and you really want to compete and win a World Series in the next three years, this is the type of move that you have to make. And you have to it, it's your mission statement. What do you think, see? I agree. You know, I'm always gonna, gonna <laughs> go with the with the side She's of the like, guys. Yes, pay. Bobby. Yes. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, like pay him. Um, obviously, you traded for him, knowing that he was headed to free agency. You knew that this was a possibility. You knew you had to pay him. So go ahead and give him that money, man. I mean, uh, to, and to, for me, I don't know if I could turn down ten for three twenty five. No, no money deferred. Like, I, I think I might at that dinner. Like, yeah, pass that paper over. Let me sign that <laughs> shit right now. <laughs> well, dude, it's so, got it's got to take like. I can't imagine that either, man. Like passing up, and I understand. Look, everything is all relative within the it, industry. It, it, it is. It, That's it, what, yeah. it is, and I know a lot of people. They see just the numbers, and they say, "How could you turn that down?" And look, I get it. Like I ain't turning that down. You know, Bobby ain't turning that down. C just said he might not be able to turn that down, right? But, um, you, you know, you have to understand within the industry. I, I do think that for the Mets, the I, because of the 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 climate and what every you know what teams have uh, dealt with in the aftermath of the pandemic and the reality that you know we don't know exactly what attendance is going to be this whole season and that might that might shape what happens with free agents to a certain extent next year as well you know I don't know if the money grows that much for Lindor you know also. New York is a weird thing. Sometimes guys come in the first year, they struggle a little bit. You know, he all of a sudden has an okay year instead of a great year. Is he still, is he commanding 10 years, 375 million instead? I don't know. If I was Lindor, I probably would feel pretty good about putting pen to paper on that deal given I have not yet had to deal with the New York market. And if he has a great season and goes out and wins the MVP but sucks in the playoffs, guess what? Yes. Like, your value's still going down, especially here in New York. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Where he's played in the playoffs a couple years, played in the World Series, played against us in the playoffs, and I even brought that up where, you know, he it it wasn't great. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of those things that you have to deal with here with this New York media. So like you said, I think I I would have just put pen and paper right there and just (laughs) go ahead and got it out the way and not play the season out with this looming. At this point, how much is the agent – the one that's really negotiating though like you might put pen to paper if you were sitting across the table with cohen and he passed you the contract but like how much is the agent still really involved at this stage one, of the extension uh, talks? all of it it's all it's right. all the agent now like lindor might have went back to his agent but like yo i'm signing that and he was like nah i can get you more you know what yeah. i'm saying like when i went in the free agency i didn't have a number cuz like i never went like you know how he said 12 for 385 i never had a number 
I was just like, whatever y'all think, it, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I like. When, when, to be honest, when Cash left my house, the night that I signed the contract, I thought I was signing the six-year 146 or some shit like that, 147. My agent called me and was like, nah, they gave you a seventh year for 161. Like, I didn't even, it, it just was what it was when I was a free agent. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just weird to me that they came in with a number. Like, just let it play out, the negotiations. And then so you don't have this number sitting out here for the media to, to, to mull over. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm watching fucking High Heat today and that, that clown's on there talking about Lindor. Like, bro, shut the fuck up. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's why I, wouldn't, I didn't want to put a number on anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's the only thing I, th I, I don't think they, they did right. Wait, was that my boy Russo you're talking about? Yes, there he is. That's yeah. my guy, man. That's yeah, my I'm, guy. I'm, I'm I, sure I will, he is. I will protect his Get honor. Get that motherfucker will, off my TV, I, I, guys. I, I, that will, guy's I will a protect. Clown. I will protect his honor. <laughs> I grew up listening to the Mad Dog, and I love Terrible. him. Terrible. I love him. You I grew love up listening the Mad to Mike Dog. Francesca too, and that shit is trash too. Yeah, well, I did grow up listening to him, <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. him and Chris. Yes, exactly. I, I love them together. I love them together. Um, mm. Things things change a little bit later but see, on. See, that's but. what I'm saying. Like when you put a number on it, then then you give guys like that, you know, you know, room to go out and, and talk about it. See, what is that like? like? I just Bobby just asked you that question. I think it was good. Like, what is it like when you're being offered like a number like that, like funny money? Is it a, like what does that feel like, dude? It doesn't. It doesn't uh, affect you until people start talking about it. Because, like, in our world, this these are the numbers that we talk about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you see other guys getting this. Like, he saw Bryce Harper get paid. He saw Mookie get paid. He saw mm -hmm. um, uh, Mike Trout get paid. Like, you go into the All-Star game with these guys. So, you know, like, in my situation, it was Johan Santana. Then it was Barry Zito. So then, like, I know the numbers. You know what I'm mm -hmm, saying? But not mm -hmm. until somebody else... You know, ESPN start talking about it or whoever start talking, be like, damn, that is kind of a lot of money. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I turned down 140 at one point. Like, he just turned down 325. Like, yeah. this shit is crazy when you really think about it, especially when you think about where you came from. If you came from a situation like I did or like Lindor did, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You're talking about generational, like, it's, 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 you know, it's crazy. What, what's the best piece of advice, if you can share it, you got from someone in the industry, someone within baseball, related to signing a big contract or what to do with your money once you do, one or the other? Um, related to signing a big contract, Gary Sheffield told me, don't try to live up to this contract. They, mm. they owe you this. You were supposed to get paid this. Feel good about this and go out and be on the mound and be yourself. Don't, don't feel like you need to live up to this highest paid pitcher of all time. Like, you earned that. You already earned that. So go out mm. and live your best life and have fun. That was That's the best piece of advice I really, I really got. And, and I really, that shit stuck with me forever. The whole time I was a Yankee. Wow. That's a great, that is a, that's a great piece of advice. I hope to someday be able to consult Gary about similar things uh, on a deal with ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something that's so interesting though, that a lot of people who talk about the big contracts, the long extensions don't, they don't factor that in that, in baseball, you get paid for your past performance because you don't get paid when you're on the rookie scale. Like you don't get paid for your first six years. You're getting arb. You're get, you're pre-arb. You're not getting paid anything close to your value. So like when Lindor turns down ten for three twenty-five, like all of that is being factored in too. His agent is factoring in that he was only making three million while he was contending for AL MVP for a team that was going to the World Series. And like people lose that element of the conversation. I feel like so. I mean, for Gary to tell that to you, and then for you to actually go out and live it. Big contracts are worth it a lot of the time. Long contracts can be worth it. But it just gives you the security. Like, when you're at the back end and you're not producing, 
But like you said, I didn't get paid those first six years when I was carrying this team and taking them all these places. So guess what? You motherfuckers about to pay me now when I'm old and I can't really produce like I'm about to produce, but I'm still going to feel good about getting this $32 million every every year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I I, I just want to be clear. I'm going to feel really good about getting $32 million every year. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what I've done in the past or future, I'm going to feel Man. really good about it. Maybe Spotify uh, will give it to us, guys. Hey, maybe they will. You know what? <laughs> Put it out into the universe. Like, <laughs> get that Joe Rogan money. Let's go. <laughs> I, I do want to thank Spotify for sending me all new podcast equipment while I'm in San Antonio since it got packed up while I was moving. Man, that you was, ain't got to hold that phone to your face oh, no more. Exactly. That was very clutch of them and sincerely appreciated. All your right, Bobby. Your movers are starting a podcast out of the storage unit. <laughs> they're in their recording. It's the next Joe Rogan. <laughs> they are. They're going to get that deal from, from Spotify. They're going to take it right away from us. Uh, all right, Bobby. What questions you got for us in, in preparation for opening day? All right. So we'll start with some Yankees ones just because, you know, focus a lot on the Yankees. Uh, let's go over-unders. Aaron Judge. Home runs over under this year. These are FanDuel numbers. Shout out to FanDuel. Okay. Uh, 35 and a half over under. Again, healthy for me, over. If yeah. He, if he, if, he, if, he, you, if he plays, if he plays 155 games, Judge is going to hit 48 to 50 homers, period. That's just, that's just what he is, because like he steps in the box and he plays a full season, he's going to hit line drives or pop ups that are going to go out the right field. You know what I'm saying? So he's going, if he plays 155, I'm giving him 48 to 50. Yeah, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say you have to take away that if he's healthy caveat, and you just gotta say. Okay, so I'm, I'm yeah. saying over. I'm gonna say over too. I feel like I don't know. I feel I, I'm. I, I feel like there's like a a greater awareness and appreciation for the health aspect now. Like even him saying, "I'm not gonna dive for balls the exact same way. Try and be a little smarter." Cause I've been you trying know, to you, tell that fool that for years. <laughs> Stop diving for balls, cuz. Fuck that shit. <laughs> you, know, you know what else is funny, dude? So, so many people, like, at some point, they'll say to me, and this actually reminds me of a story involving you, see, but they'll say to me, um, uh, you know, Ju oh, yeah, Judge is great, but, you know, uh, he's he probably going to have to move to first base, right? And I'm like, what? Have you seen this man play right field? This dude is a gold glove right fielder. I know he hasn't won one yet, but he is capable. If you look at defensive runs saved over the last since he came into the league, it's it's Mookie, it's Kiermaier, it's Buxton, and it's Judge. Like, he is a ridiculous outfielder. You haven't watched him play, if you think that. But having said that, no need to dive, Aaron. You know, save the dives for October. Keep yourself healthy. I'll go over 35 and a half. And I just want to tell this story real quick, see? So I'm at, there, was, there used to be this guy... Let's call him Frank. And he uh, <laughs> he, he was a, a producer at ESPN Radio in New York. Um, and Frank had uh, a he was a he was a nice guy, but he had a very um, he had a very frank personality. And so anyway, where he's asking me, you it was your first year with the Yankees, and, and we're uh, we're at Don LaGreca does his charity softball game, Mark Sasso softball game, and. Um, you're having a great year. It's like August or something. And, uh, and we're, we're in this after the softball game, we're like getting drinks and talking about, do you think the Yankees are going to win the world series? And I'm, yeah, you know, I do whatever. How about Sabathia? Problem is he's a two pitch pitcher. Right. And I'm like, no, he, he's not a two pitch pitcher. He's a, you know, he's, he's a, he's got his fastball. He's got his slider and he's got a changeup. 
It's, he throws his change up like a BP fastball. Like they, you know, I'm, I'm correct on that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah no, yeah, my changeup yeah. was my second best pitch at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, no, you're used to the repertoire like completely. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but he's a two pitch pitcher, right? Like, so, you know, that's a problem. And I was like, no, he's not a two pitch pitcher. He <laughs> he throws a change up all the time. Like he 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 throws a change up a lot. He's like, yeah, no, I get it. But like the thing is, like you know, he he's just a he. I know he throws hard, but he's a two pitch pitcher. And I was I also I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like you're asking me, like are are you listening to me or or not? You just you you're asking my opinion. You know, I watch the guy. He's not. He's not anything close to a two-pitch pitcher. And that kind of reminds me a little bit of the people who are like, yeah, Judge is going to have to move to first base, though, right? I'm like, no, no, he's not. Like, are you watching him? No, he's not. Like, are you he's watching? Gotta be care- he's got to be careful. He's so good at outfield that, like, but just even, like, sometimes when a ball's, like, five rows deep, he'll go and try to jump and catch it. Cuz, let that shit go over your head, bro. Like, I don't need you jumping into the wall, hurt your shoulder, your back, stupid <laughs> shit. If I give up a home run ten rows deep, let it go. You know oh, what I'm saying? Man. Like. Grady Sizemore was the same way. The same yeah. way they play so hard, and they don't know no other way to play. So I, I'm excited that if Judge did say that, mm-hmm. like that's great. <laughs> yeah. And for the record, CC's not a two pitch pitcher. No, my changeup was my be- second best pitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we both go over, Bobby. I don't know why they think moving Judge to first is going to make him less injury. He's six foot eight. He's going to have to stretch a lot. Like yeah. he's going to have to scoop a lot. He's going to have to die for ground. Ball. I don't know. I'm also like he is a weapon in right field. Like even if he's more careful, it's not going to change the fact that that dude is an incredible right fielder. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, but you're right. He's a weapon. Like when balls go down in that corner, I'm always like, go to second. Like yeah, you, like exactly. you know what I'm saying. Like I dare you. Yep. Man, he's got. I get ex- I get excited when I'm doing play by play. That's one of the things I love most is when, when I see a guy about to, yeah. someone's about to try and run on Judge. Yeah, I love and, and it. He man. plays it up too because he'll jog over there and like pick it up smooth and then fucking like it's just one hop. Like this shit is crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, what do we got next? Uh, next, we just got Stanton over under home runs thirty six and a half. So they got him one higher than Judge. Yeah, I'm I'm going over too because I, I'm betting on health. So. You know, those two healthy, um, you know, we're going to see the Bash Brothers again. <laughs> so, wait, what's the over-under again? 36, 36. and a half. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. I actually feel, I, I feel like Stan's going to have a 50-plus year, man. I, I, I do. I, um, I'm bullish on Stan this year. So, I'll, I'll go over, and I'm just so excited to see his at-bats and hopefully stay healthy. You know, you know what's crazy? I think the Yankees are either going to be ridiculous or they're going to not be good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not it's not going to be an in-between year where they're, like, battling and, you know, guys are stepping up and doing all the things if, if guys get hurt because we've done that for so many years. You mm. can't expect the guys to come up and, and perform the way they did the last couple of years when everybody gets hurt again. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if everybody gets hurt, I don't think it's going to be how it was in 18 and 19 and all of that shit. I think it's going to be a problem. But I think if everybody stays healthy, these motherfuckers can be really good. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's hard to continue to go to the well with Mike Talkman and, and, and whoever. Mike Ford yeah, and who, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, those guys are phenomenal, and they've done great jobs for us, but we can't keep doing that. Right, right. Yeah, you want to see your stars on the field. Yeah. All right, more saves out of a New York closer this year. Edwin Diaz or Rawls Chapman? Oof. I'm going to let you answer that one first. We, it, Diaz really struggled. Uh was it last year or, yeah, 20, or two 2019, years ago? Last we saw 19. him in a full season, he was very bad. 
Uh, yeah. All of his peripherals were weirdly exactly the same as his 52 save season, except for his home run to fly ball, which he just gave up a ton of homers. Yeah. Uh, he was a lot better last year, but he wasn't the closer of the full year. He didn't close every game. Lugo was yeah. closing a lot of games, but he looks good in spring. And I think he'll start the season with the job and we'll see if it goes awry like it did in 2019. But I, I'll go with Chapman, though. I'll go with Chapman because the one thing we know about Chapman is, you know, things are very volatile. When it comes to when it comes to bullpen, right? Like relief pitchers, it's hard to find consistent relief pitchers, right? Like just because of injuries and the toll it takes on you year after year. Chapman's one of those rare dudes who year after year, you know, even with some of his postseason uh negative moments with the Yankees, this dude year after year just is who he is. And so I gotta go with Chapman. I like Chappie too. Um, I feel like in 2019 the Mets put Edwin in some bad situations. Where they, you mm. know, they put him in one to get five outs, four outs, different things like that. I think if Dylan can stay healthy, Jerry's Familiars can have a good year. You know, did they get Trevor Trevor Rosenthal? Trevor May. Trevor May. If they can get if if those guys can step up and like take some pressure off of Edwin Diaz, I feel like he'll have a better season. Um, their bullpen is gonna be key for them. But I think like 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 uh Ryan said, you know, just being able to rely, rely on Chappie the la, you know the last few years and you know like you know whatever happens in the playoffs happens in the playoffs but during the regular season he's pretty much lights out he's got the split now it looks really good uh, should have threw it to Bruce O last year at the end of the game but <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's breaking it out now so you know I'll go with Chappie. All right, will anyone on the Yankees hit over three hundred besides DJ? No. No, because because if Judge hits fifty, he's gonna hit like two eighty. You know what I'm saying? And I would say, you know what? No, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say Glaber, Glaber could. Will. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, say Glaber, Glaber Will. Yeah, G Geo and Glaber would be the two guys who could. Um, but I'm gonna like Hicks won't, Sanchez no, won't. You know what's crazy? Cause Clint Frazier could. You know what? You're right. He Clint could. Frazier could. Guys. He could. If he if, could, if he just gets locked in and 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 gets hot, starts off hot, that dude could hit over 300 for sure. I'm excited to see him as a full season. Uh, you know, everyday major leaguer. I'm gonna say Glaber will. I'm gonna There's say a lot Glaber of guys that are like 285 guys, 290 yeah. guys. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. 300 would be like they're taking a little homer out of their game and they're hitting more doubles. No, I just I don't know. know if That's the why game's I'm not going that way. I know you're right. That's why I'm not but sure you, Labor will. It, it could be it. Could, Geo could too, though. Geo could. Geo could too. I could see him take you know more doubles, you know less homers, and going out and hitting three three fifteen. I'm gonna say but, but, one but I, guy will. Geo or Labor. I'm gonna just say DJ though. I'm gonna say no. Okay. All right. On the pitching side, is anyone gonna win more than 15 games besides Garrett Cole? Yes. Herman. Monty. Oh, I like that. Monty's gonna be locked in this year, cuz. Yeah, I, dude, nobody I root for harder than Jordan Montgomery, his adorable self. Go out and do your thing, Jordan. Yeah. I, he, he, he looked great at the end of spring, Bro, man. He, 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 he's like built coming into his body, too. Like, he looks strong. Like, he's confident. Like, I love it. Like, I love the spot that he's in mentally and everything right now. So I'm, I'm going to go with Monty. What's funny is, like, I know that Tyone and Kluber would be, like, the second and third starters if you look at the rotation. But for me, I almost look at Monty and Herman as more of the two and three. Like, ju- just because of the health aspect of what, um, you know, Kluber 
uh, is coming off of as well as Tyone. All right, end of the year. This one's maybe a little more subjective, but who do you think is going to be the Yankees MVP? I have the war totals from the last four years. It was Judge in 17 and 18 and DJ for the last two years. Hmm. DJ is the best player on that team, guys. I, I was going to say, this year, I think Judge. I think, I think DJ will do his thing. I think it'll be amazing. I, I, you know, he's definitely the most reliable player on the team. He's been their best player the last two years, no doubt. But I think Judge is going to have a healthy year, and I'll go with Judge. I think for the Yankees to be super successful, it has to be Glaber Torres playing mm. shortstop. You know, mm. he has to play a great shortstop. He has to not make errors. He has to, you know, make all the plays. He's got to make phenomenal plays. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think, I think. For Baby G to have a, a really good year at shortstop, I think he'll end up being the MVP. Last Yankees won. Over-under wins. 95 and a half. Mm. It's a good number. I, I think I'm going to go under. Mm. I, I, I think that the Yankees will still win the AL East, um, but... There's a little reliability that was taken out of the rotation that could cost them at different points. Um, there's still some variability within this season. You know, I know it's not a full COVID year like last year was, but I think that plays a role in things being a little bit more wonky and teams being a little bit more beatable, um, which we kind of saw in the shortened season. So I, th- I, I still, for me, the Yankees are still the World Series favorites but I just expect a few less regular season wins. So I'll go under. I'm going to go over just because that division's so bad. Mm. Um, like, they're the best team in, in the American League East by a lot. So I, I I expect them to have winning records against all of those teams, you know what I'm saying, like by a lot. Um, so I'm going to go over just because that that division, I don't think, will give them a, a, a lot of problems. Yeah. Well, Okay, let's move off the Yankees a little bit, but I'm glad that you mentioned the division, C, because the only other team that I have for over-under wins here is I'm curious how you guys feel about Toronto because I feel like they are like a high-ceiling, low-floor kind of team because their rotation is not very reliable. But that lineup, I know you've talked about that lineup a lot on the pod. Their over-under this year is 86. Do you think they're going to go under because the Yankees are going to eat them up, or do you think they're going to go over because the lineup is going to carry them? What's up with Toronto this year? I think they'll go under because their their rotation won't be able to hang up, you know, uh, in that division or or against the Yankees. You know, I think the Yankees will end up, you know, having some 15 to 11 games, you know what I'm saying, against them, like those type of, you know, bang it out. So um, I think they'll go under just because of the of the pitching and, and the bullpen. I, I'm going to go under because I see what's happened to the Raptors being displaced as well. Like, I, I think that's, you know, feeling basically like you're on... Now, maybe that'll change at some point, right? I was about to say, how but long are they uh, in Dunedin? We don't know yet, do we, Bobby? No, no, no. I don't think they've made a definitive statement yet. I think that they'll probably be there for most of the year, though. If they get into the summer and it's hot, cuz, down there, bro. Yeah. You know like, what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh no thanks, cuz. No thank you. Awful. No, thank and, you. And even if they go to Buffalo, then I don't know. Well, I guess that wouldn't be an option anymore because the AAA is playing. AAA so, starting. yeah, I, I like I um. I forgot you know, about it, them being displaced. I forgot yeah, about them not it, playing in Toronto. It, at least their first three home stands, thank you, Sadie, are going to be in Dunedin. Um, 
seeing how slowly governments have moved on things uh, in regards to the pandemic, especially Canada, I would be surprised if it was just three home stands. Um, you know, they were last year. They when the players were there. They they weren't allowed to go anywhere but the ballpark. It, it was it was bad. It was bad. So I I honestly think that stuff takes a toll, and I think that plus the pitching, I'm going to go under. I think that the Blue Jays are still a year away from from winning games. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to some individual futures. I got most home runs in the league here. I'm going to read off a couple odds for the guys at the top, but you can go with anybody. It doesn't have to be from this list. Okay. Uh, Trout and Alonzo are the favorites at plus 1,200. Acuna plus 1,300. Soto plus 1,500. Joey Gallo plus 1,600. And then we've got a group of Harper, Bellinger, Suarez, and Jordan Alvarez at plus 1,800. Do you like any of those guys or someone else? To lead the league in homers? Yeah. Mm. I like Trout. I like... I mean, how could you not like Trout? I like Trout. I, I actually... I like Stanton. I know it's I know it's a ridiculously risky pick because I'm talking about a, a total cumulative number for a guy who's missed months and months and months of baseball. Um, but I'm going to go out on a ridiculous limb and say that Stanton will be the home run leader this year. Stanton and Judge are both plus two thousand. They just missed the kind of top cut on Fanduel. Got you. Yeah, I mean that's just because of health. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I'll go judge, bro. And I hate to like keep it Yankees, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> but I like like I just keep saying, man, this guy plays 155. He's he's ridiculous, man. Like he'll he's gonna win the MVP. He's gonna do it all. So um, I, I'm I think you know I, I'll go with Judge. I think in the National League, um, in the National League, I'll go I'll go with Cody Bellinger. I watched that game last night. Swing looks good. He looks locked in. He was facing Quintana last night, threw him a curveball, and he absolutely fucking smashed it. Um, so he looks like he's going he's gonna to be locked in. He's like he's locked in against lefties. So um, I'll go Bellinger. I like Soto. That dude yeah. is tough to get. He's impossible to get out. He's, uh, he's a better hitter, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't think he'll just lead the league in homers. He's such a good hitter that, like, he was, he's going to hit 325 with, you know, 30. You know what I mean? Yeah. Matt Olson plus 2,000 looks pretty good. And uh, Jorge Soler on the Royals, who led it a couple years ago. He hit 48 a couple years ago. He's plus 3,000. Yo, Matt Olsen's a good player. He's very mm. underrated. He just plays in that big-ass ballpark. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But he's really good, though. Yeah. Uh, okay. Lead the league in strikeouts. DeGrom, plus 450. Garrett Cole, plus 500. Shane Bieber, plus 700. Giolito and Bauer are together at plus 950. Scherzer, plus 1,000. And then you got... Some long shots. Darvish plus fifteen hundred, Nola plus seventeen hundred, and Flaherty plus twenty four hundred. I mean, I think that's pretty easy. I think that's Cole and Degrom, <laughs> like you know, American League Cole, National League Degrom. I think, I honestly think, um, you know, in the National League, I'm, I think Walker Bueller's gonna have a good year, so he may end up, you know, right at the top of that list. But you know, you got to go with the old faithfuls. The two best pitchers in the league is Cole and Degrom. Cole, I'm gonna go with Cole. Okay. Yep. Uh, okay, only other things I got here are AL and NL Cy Young, AL and NL MVP, and then your World Series prediction. So you guys can just take it away. All right. I'm going to go uh, NL MVP. I'm going to go Juan Soto. I think that uh, I think I think Soto wins the MVP this year. Um, AL MVP, 
I think I want to pick Tim Anderson. Man, Cash, yeah. you, took, you took my fucking pick. <laughs> Is that your pick? Is that your That's pick? That's great. That's uh, great. Yeah, uh, that was going to be my pick. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So we're on the same page. Who's your NL MVP? Mookie. Okay. All right. Mook's, Mook's locked in, bro. It's, it's uh, you know, the whole full season. He's out in L.A. He's got the championship now. Um, He's feeling good. You know, I talked to him a lot. I just talked to him this morning. I think he's going to win MVP. All right. NL Cy Young, I'm actually going to go with Bauer. I think he's going to have a ridiculous year with the Dodgers. Damn. Yeah. I don't think so, Cass. No? All <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just don't think so. <laughs> he hasn't He hasn't done anything to make me think that. Um, I, I like Walker Bueller, Cass. I really like that kid. I feel like he's figuring shit out, you know. Um, he, he obviously throws hard. His stuff is phenomenal. But he's like figuring, you know, he's coming into his own. He's figuring it out. These kids, they 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 uh they get it faster now. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they come up, they have a couple of up and down years, and then and then they, it just kind of like happens. So, um, I think I think this would be the year that he breaks out and, and wins the Cy Young. I also think, you know, I, I like I want to watch Jack Flaherty a lot too. I think you mm-hmm. know he can, um, you know, be a sleeper and do some things and maybe creep up there too. Speaking of Jacks, have you been watching Jack Leiter? Oh my gosh. He just made himself the first first pick, by the way. I think you're right, man. Oh like, no, he's ridiculous, cousin. He's he's gotten bigger. If you've seen him from last year to now, like he can go out and pitch 250 innings. That guy, that kid is, I mean, man. Amazing. It's, it's he's fun to watch right now. Ball's moving I, all over the place. He's commanding it, like, you know, throwing breaking balls behind an account. It, it's 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 advanced. What he's doing, you know what I'm saying? You remember the series where Gary hit all those home runs in Seattle in 2016? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was calling those games with Al Leiter, and Mm -hmm. uh, Jack came out there to work at Driveline, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, which, you know, the Yankees have taken people from there now to help run their, you know, pitching analytics and whatnot and, and pitching development program, pitching performance. And I remember, like, Al talking to me about it. And, like, Jack was, like, this little kid. You know what I mean? Like, I never – it's like – yeah, it's like little Jack in the booth, you know? Like, not like oh, that's nice. He's going to go work on his pitching here. Not like, oh, yeah, he's going to become this monster. No, like, the kid's going to be the crazy. first pick in the draft. Yeah. Insane, <laughs> he man. Was gonna, insane. He was going to throw back-to-back no-nos. Yeah, yeah, he almost did. Yeah. Seriously. They, they pulled him. They pulled him in the seventh, which was the right move, but still, yeah. that's that's ridiculous. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Like, I'm telling you what he's doing right now, the way he can command at bats, it's mm-hmm. elite. Like he's doing mm-hmm. shit that big leaguers do, bro. I'm telling yeah. you. If you watch him yeah. pitch, it's crazy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, in the American League, this Cy Young, I'm actually gonna pick Cole. I know it's a Yankee thing, but I, I think Cole's gonna win it. Just to be different, um, and you know it is what it is. I, I'm gonna go Giolito. Go Giolito. I like in American it. League. All right. Um, All I right. Know, I hopefully, hopefully, uh, Cole ain't li- don't listen to this podcast, but you probably won't. So <laughs> he won't know that I didn't pick him to win the Cy Young. Uh, <laughs> what's crazy about Cole is that he didn't win it when he deserved it a couple of years ago. So he's they gave due. it to Verlander. Yeah, yeah, he's they due. gave it to Verlander when it was should have been his in 2019. You know yep. what though? The thing is, is it's, it's harder to win it in New York. So mm-hmm. they're they're all, they're never going to give a credit here. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like it's mm-hmm. hard to win it here. So if he's having a great year, but then somebody else is having a good year, and they're not putting up the wins that he's putting up, but like all the underlining numbers are the same, they'll give it to that. They'll give it to the other person mm-hmm. because it's New York, and you play for the Yankees, and you get all this run support and blah blah blah. That's why you're winning games. So it's, it's hard. It's actually harder to win it in New York. 
I'm just cracking up because I'm noticing in the background my oh, stack of, my stack of crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in a hotel for eleven days and there's That's only hotel life, oh guys. my gosh, yeah. There's like a lot of restrictions of what you kind of can't do. It's like, man, I should. Yeah, you know like, what's crazy? I get to the hotel and pack, unpack all my shit. Like I put everything like up. Yeah. Like, I take everything out my suitcases and I put do them that in too. the drawers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm weird I, like that. I do that every place we yeah, go. I like to do it as soon as I get in. Yeah, my my dad taught me that, and we used to like when we were kids, we'd be, get in from a long trip, and like he'd immediately unpack and be like, "Unpack your stuff or whatever." And we'll be like, "No, we don't feel like." But now Bro, I do it. This, now I do that's, it. That's yeah. me. Like yeah. seriously, yeah. I, like I'll go in and like we went to the dr for Christmas, and I went in and unpacked the kids' stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because they didn't <laughs> want to do it. I'm like, it just drives me nuts. Like picking out of the suitcase. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't want to be picking out of the suitcase when I'm actually going to be there for some period of time. You know, like I want it out. No, um, I mean I'm talking about three day series in Baltimore. And it's the first no. the first trip of a, yeah. of a long trip. I'm unpacking all my shit. Uh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> the only, I'm I'm with you. If I'm more than one night, I'm with you. I'm with you. I have not um, yet reached that level of maturity, guys. I, I look forward <laughs> to the day. It's not maturity. It's fucking <laughs> weird. <laughs> C and I are both weird, man. We we, we both have our idiosyncrasies. You got to um, embrace and, it. And then what's our last thing? World Series, I'm guessing, Bobby? Yeah, let's do World Series matchup um, and then winner. Man. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I, I think it's gonna be a Yankees Padres World Series. Dang. Yep. And who, and who do you think and, plays in the ALCS though? Like who do you think the Yankees play? I think the Yankees are gonna play the White Sox in the ALCS. Who do you think? See, and I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say the Yankees win the World Series because you know I'm a total homer, of course. Like what what else am I gonna say? Yeah, that would, that would be my pick. White Sox, Yankees, ALCS. Yankees go to the World Series, and and I, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be, Dodgers. Gonna be again? The, no, I think it's gonna be the Braves and the Padres in the NLCS, and I think the Padres go. So I think it's gonna be Yankees, Padres, World Series, um, and I think the Yankees win. All right, but, so but, we got the same World Series. We're gonna be in the same rooting boat. But I think the Braves will get to the NLCS. I think the Braves will have a little better season than the Dodgers. All just, right. just for the record, Ruko, the only award that did not go to the Bronx this year was the NL MVP. <laughs> According to you. Uh, wait, no, no, no. I gave my AL MVP to Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. Oh, right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yes, Gotta show yes. love for TA. That's right. But 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 the sentiment remains the same. Don't let but the facts course, get in the uh, way. Of course we go mm-hmm. pick Yankees, bro. Like, what is, what, what are is. the chances of a Subway series, guys? Come on. Placate me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think the Mets are going to be good. I, I, I'm excited to watch them this year. I think they're going to be really good. That division is so fucking hard. I know, you don't know who's going to win it, man. The Phillies, you know, you never know what's going to happen with them. The, the Nats, if the pitching stays healthy. Even the Braves Marlins are better good. than they were. Even the Marlins are. It, that's a yeah. meat grinding fucking division because the Marlins aren't bad. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So that division is going to be tough, man. Tough, tough. When are we getting the captain back on the pod, see? Uh, Talk I a mean, little. You want him to come back on? Yes. Right. You kidding me? I, I let's get the him. captain back on. Let's. You know let's what's crazy? I talked talk to him little... a lot more lately. I've been talking really? to him a lot more. Yeah, yeah, in the last couple of weeks, I've talked to him a lot. So let I'll let's let's get the captain on. See if he'll come on next week to preview the baseball season. Talk a little Miami Marlins. You he know gets... what I want to I want to ask him, but I'm scared. I want to ask him to come to my softball game next year. I want to get him to play in the softball game because. So get him on the. How pod. sick would that be? Oh my gosh, it'd be like ridiculous. To get him back at shortstop yes. for a softball. Like yes. that shit would be sick. I know he's gonna like cuss me out if I ask him. 
Yeah, but, but you know like, what? What if I, I put him on the way. spot? What if what if we what if we get him on the podcast and I say, "Hey, Derek, C has been wanting to ask you something, but he's a little afraid to ask you." So I'm trying to be a good friend here. That'd be and a I'm good gonna, way. I'm gonna put it out there. That'd I'm be a good way to there. ambush him right there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's the. I think but that's you, the proper you know ambush. What, you know what he would do? He would tell you, "Yeah, that he's gonna play," and then he would not play. <laughs> <laughs> he gets you back. He gets you back for the golf tournament. For the golf, but more than the golf tournament, a lot of other shit too. But. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, just in case you don't know the story, and our audience doesn't, our very first ever episode of R two C two back when we were with the Players Tribune, Jeter told the story of CC ghosting people which CC is <laughs> famous for um although i feel like he's doing it a little less now that he's not playing but i am i'm, I'm yeah. way better bro yeah yeah but he was famous for ghosting people and he had told Derek he would he would play in his uh charity golf tournament they had already like auctioned him off to be in a foursome and like it's like a couple days before and Derek's reaching out to see and he doesn't and see knew he like a conflict came up this camp he had to do. It was like a kid's camp. It was but my camp. And was I knew it was camp. at the same time. But, but instead of telling Derek, instead of, instead of telling Derek freaking Jeter <laughs> that you're not going to, you're not going to be able to make it. See, just ignored him all the way through <laughs> the entire golf tournament. Jeter never knew he wasn't showing up. <laughs> I got the spring training. He was like, dog, I thought you was dead. Yes. <laughs> I didn't talk to him again to the first day of spring training, guys. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you gotta get like a you gotta get like a body double, like a stunt double. Go play golf for you. Yeah, yeah it's true, I do. man. I do. Now, now you have like Laurent Landry could be. They could put the, the you're looking, man. <laughs> they could put the Yogi shirt on, and they would they would think it was you. Nobody would know. Nobody would ever know. <sighs> but uh, I think you should ask the captain. See if uh, see if he'll come on in April. I'll ask him. I'll ask him. Talk a little Miami Marlins. You know baseball. who else I think uh, would be a good one is Chef. Just that we brought them, brought him oh, up. Oh yeah, uh, I think Gary Sheffield would be a good guest. Absolutely. Um, so I'll, I'll reach out to him too. Um, yeah, reach see. out to Chef. That'd be let's great. Get some, let's get some old old heads on the podcast. Love that. Love the old head stories. Uh, Want to remind our audience Friday, Bobby? We're dropping that episode right away yes, with sir. Lindor. Okay, mm-hmm. so Friday we'll have Francisco Lindor on the pod, uh, the new Mets star. You don't want to miss that one, of course. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. Tune into the Women's Final Four this weekend. I'll be calling the games. Friday, doubleheader. Starts at 6 Eastern. And then championship game Sunday, Easter Sunday. Um, Good luck and, with that, bro. That's that's fire. You got the Final Four, Kaz. Like, yeah. How does that feel? That's that's dope. It, dude, it actually... It, it, thank you, man. It feels really big. Like, it's it's funny. Well, it's the final but, four because it's fucking yeah. big. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it feels exactly. really, yeah. It is really yeah. big. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> and it's like, it, it the the event, like, you can feel the the magnitude, you know? Like, it's it's funny because I was sitting there calling these games. They're just fun as hell. They're so fun to call. Um, And I was just like, damn, like, this is like... If it, it like you could feel the energy of it, you know. Um, yeah. So and you know what's crazy is like a sports fan being able to watch like somebody's full career. So like me, like you know, being a big sports fan, Don Staley. Like I watched mm-hmm. her play in college. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Watched her play in the WNBA, and now she's won a national championship, but like leading teams. You know what I'm saying? And, like yeah. at the forefront of like black yeah. women's coaching. Like yes. that shit is dope. Like yes. to be able to watch somebody's full career like that, like as a sports fan. It's amazing, man. So, like, kudos yeah. to her and, and, you know, being able to get South Carolina back to the Final Four. That's it. I, I, you know what? I, I totally agree. I, in my interview with her tomorrow, I'm going to tell her you said, you said that and said hello. Yeah, please tell her and, I'm a big fan. And I have been, you know, since I was a kid. I, you know, I watched her play when she was in college. 
I will, man. I will. And I, and I love that too. Like, because now the W has been around long enough, you can have that happen. Right. Like, so same thing with Adia Barnes, who's yeah. the Arizona head coach who, who played, you know, wasn't as big of a star player uh, in the W as Dawn, but who was a star at Arizona played in the WNBA, won a championship in Seattle with, with Sue and Lauren Jackson. And, uh, and now has taken Arizona to its first final four. And, you know, and they are, the, it's the first time we've had two, Black women uh, as head coaches in the Final Four. And you know what? And you said the viewership is up because I feel like it's more parity in the game, right? Like there's, yeah, yeah. You know, like a few years ago, we knew who was probably going to win it. You yeah, know what I'm it was just UConn. It was just Notre Dame. Yeah. Now, it, you know, Stanford's there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so yeah. many different teams that you yeah. know get down to the end. Like when Baylor was good, we knew Baylor was going to win. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like, yeah. it's so much more parity in the game that it makes it you know fun for the viewers to be able to watch it. Did you get? Did you catch any of that UConn Baylor game the other night that I did, the uh, Elite Eight game between them? No, but I saw the end with the foul. the foul. That was definitely a foul. Yeah, yeah. De- it was definitely a foul. The only thing I'll say is that game, they the officials let them beat the crap out of each other. Like so, that non call literally happened, happened twenty times time. during yeah. the game. Yeah. So and, and you can't call it at the end. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I hate fouls at the end of the game. Like it well, is what it is at the end. Yeah, my thing is like it is a foul. It is a foul. It is. Um, but for so many people, you know, like what do they see? They saw the highlight of a down one sh- shot that should have been but, a foul. But, That's but it. Like Without you said, the context of the whole, of game, the whole game and all the fouls that weren't mm-hmm. called. Yeah. Like they really, really let them be physical. So it wasn't, it didn't stick in my craw as like a basketball fan the same way it would have because I knew like that's how they called the entire game you know like um, but man those two teams they should have never been in the same region Baylor is so good man they should have been yeah they should have been meeting in the in the final four in the championship like but that was a good dude we did 1.7 million viewers of that game on ESPN Crazy, yeah, man. and then what about the uh, the the Beckers uh, game yeah. against Iowa? Like, yeah. was that a big? That was big. It had to be big, big. right? Too. Yeah, that was, that was big. on ABC. That was on ABC, yeah. and that did like that did like one point six million viewers or something like that, which was a massive, which was a big, massive number as well. Like, yeah, yeah which was good. I'm glad to see these women getting their due. Um, they're amazing, so fun, and so yeah. Let's keep it going with the Final Four, man. No doubt. Keep it going. All right, see. Uh, We'll have Francisco Lindor Friday. Enjoy opening day, everybody. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. That's it for R2C2. Peace.